the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm Paul Spain and with me today... We have Di Henwood. Great to see you, Di. It's good to see you, Paul. It's been a while, to be honest, and it's nice to be back. It's great to be hanging out. Now, it's uh, it's a Friday as we as we chat today, not in our usual schedule, uh, but because your schedule is usually pretty full up these days, I thought, let, let's jump on it, let's catch up, and rather than just you and me having a coffee, just sort of we turn on the mic for yeah, our catch up, so, you know, some of the some of the listeners could, could join in and uh, hear us uh, shooting the breeze. Shooting the breeze about what's been going. Going on in tech and 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 our own tech lives, I suppose. Since I last saw you, I've sort of ridden a um, ridden a roller coaster of ecosystems. Um, last year, I I've always been an Apple guy, not 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 in the sort of fanboy perspective. It just fell out that way, you know. Since you ended up using a using a. A Mac at some stage, and then onto the iPhone, or yeah, it, well, it, or was it? It was actually the other way around because okay. I was a, um, I was, I mean, I, I kicked off on your Omega five hundreds, oh, and nice. then I, I was definitely riding the Microsoft wave and got into you know building your own PCs and all that, and that sort of yeah. lends itself very much more to the um, Microsoft style of, of things. And then I, um, I got the first iPhone when it came out when it was first parallel imported here, moved from BlackBerry, and then it was like, oh wow, these Apple products are actually pretty good and then that was when I started getting into working on TV and of course everyone in that I was working with and travelling with had MacBooks so I sort of got that the black clamshell MacBook and it was like this is the stylish thing I've ever had to get a mortgage to buy <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been in that and then last year I went over to cover the iPhone release at Cupertino. Yeah how did that come about? Um, they just sort of contacted me. I've been doing bits and bobs, um, and yeah, they just said come over and and do it. Why wouldn't you? Uh, why wouldn't I? I went over and, and did it, and didn't really go that well. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't maybe follow the guidelines as much as I should have. And um, what were the guidelines? Oh, the unwritten guidelines. Oh, okay. so I maybe injected a bit of comedy <laughs> into proceedings, and. Um, yeah, it's not the not the the company known for their sense of humour, perhaps. Um, so that, that, that's probably fair to say. Yeah, like I, I I had a really positive experience over there, and it was like amazing seeing their campus. Like it was like the the because I'm really a bit of an architectural design geek as well, and seeing like an entire room, including steps, cut out of the same piece of marble and stuff. Like it's phenomenal to see, and like the especially the ecology of the place and how they don't use heating and cooling and it was phenomenal mm. but um then I, I sort of came back and it made me start thinking about wow I am sort of so in this ecosystem and um, I have lots of redundancies so I always use Google photos upload them to Dropbox I've got a Gmail account that backs up all my email and that's so I went I'm gonna try to go full Google bought pixel 3 and a pixel book and went, this is, this is going to be my new life. Here I go. Pixel 3 came over. And to be honest, the beauty of Android nowadays is it is pretty much much of a muchness, especially if you're more tech-minded because it is a bit more fiddly, but if you're tech-minded, you can figure out how to get things going. And if you're on a Pixel 3, they run a pretty tight ship. It's, so, a, it's a good phone. You've got a great camera, especially the AI sort of fancy stuff they yeah. do behind the scenes is phenomenal. 
and and look, you know, Android is really flexible and customizable. So, you know, there's there's a whole lot of stuff you can do on that that phone that you you can't do, uh, you know, on anything in the iOS ecosystem because of the way that it's built. Now, yeah, or oh, being there's able two, to two sides to that though, right? Being able to share things, like having a share sheet that to me actually just didn't have some of the limitations that I was struggling with. The, and the camera blew me away. The night sight mode, because I was on tour at the time, taking backstage photos of people, the night sight mode blew me away. The, having a wide angle on the selfie camera was phenomenal. Um, the camera was a, ste- a step above, I believe, on on the iPhone not so much and just whip it out of your pocket and take a photo, but if you actually are framing things up and want a couple of little bells and whistles. The only issue was it didn't work as a phone. Oops. <laughs> I had one of the what appears now to be quite high percentage of phones that has a hardware bug of dropping just dropping calls. So I was having to reboot it every phone call. I'd be talking to people. This was at a point of the year where I was in all my contract negotiations for next year. So I was going to say, there could be times when that's quite convenient. You want to get out of a call and it, you know, it just falls. But when you're actually trying to run your business... And, and so of- literally my 95% of my phone calls happened in December. Yeah. And I, I was on the road in December and I went, I'm not taking an iPhone. I'm not taking my phone. And so I was like, just next software update will fix it. It didn't. And because Google doesn't operate in New Zealand, I bought it through a third party that was awesome, but when it comes to returns, this is a whole nother Good luck. kettle of fish. Yeah, um, yeah. Which even, I've spoken to friends in Australia, and that even when it comes down to a country Google operates in, they don't quite have the support of, like Apple is known for you rocking to a store. Um which actually, I broke my iPhone 10 when I was in America. I didn't. You just rock into a store, and they gave me a really good price on a completely brand new phone. That's great. So I was with that. I must say, I really enjoyed the Pixel Book, and um, I'm still using that as an expensive Chromebook. And um, what what did uh, what did that cost you? Because that's not a cheap device. No, that, it's that, very, very slick. Um, it's a slick, and oh, it cost me. I think it actually. I ended up getting it one thousand four hundred okay. New Zealand, which I was pretty happy with. Yeah, um, it's still expensive, but I because I my least favorite Apple product I've ever had was my new MacBook Pro. Not the most recent ones. It was the ones when they moved to the very flat keyboard, yep. and. It stuck. It stuck, right? It just stuck. So I took it, took it into service place, and I went, "Hey, look, you, this is going to cost you because I'd it spilled a little bit of water on it, right? So I dried it. So it's not in warranty." He goes, "This is going to cost you probably around one thousand four hundred to replace the keyboard because you've got to get the whole unit." And I was like, "That's a bit steep for a keyboard." He goes. They, Apple don't tell you this, but if you take the space bar off and snap the mechanism in half and put the space bar back on, it'll work better. So I took it off, snapped the mechanism, put it on, and now it works great. <laughs> Which felt very wrong to do at the time. Um, and But I just cannot stand the keyboard on it. And um, the Pixelbook has a beautiful, beautiful keyboard. Um, tablet- That's interesting, isn't it? Because... That's not 
Google's business, but they've managed to, you know, it's not not, not you know really a, 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 any sort of major part of their business. It's making, uh, you know, making making the devices, and of course, it's all it's all outsourced uh, as as it is for just about everybody uh, these days. But uh, they've they've hit on that and uh, and got it right. No. I guess it shouldn't be that hard to to come up with a reasonable keyboard, should it? We've been making uh, <laughs> laptops in this world for uh, for some I know. time. Now. Well, I sort of felt like we got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the one thing, I tell you, so Pixelbook, if you're not familiar with it, you flip it over, it operates in a tablet mode. It's reasonably clumsy as a tablet if you're used to using an iPad because you've got a keyboard on the back and bezels are quite big. Where I did love it over in an iPad was on a plane because it sits as a metal A-frame. So it's so robust if you're on a hotel bed or a plane for watching Netflix um, as it just sits up properly. I don't have, I'm not, I don't have a big issue if something's got bezels on it. I mean, I the the one thing I did realise was how advanced Apple sort of got on buttery smoothness of apps opening and closing. Like they they the iOS for all its flaws of being having so many limitations is a very smooth operating system. Like I did find on Android, uh, having to manually close apps or a random app process crashing, and that which wasn't a big deal, but it's it sort of found it. And then I um, so the phone just got to the point where I ended up hopping back to iPhone. But now I'm just stuck in that thing of no one's nailed it, right? No one's nailed it. I my ideal app, which Windows Phone actually got close to, is I'd like to open a contact, and I have a list of every message I've had from them, whether it's Facebook Messenger, iMessage, email, so I can have a chronological thing. Because my problem is someone will book me for a gig. How They'll they start you? it on Messenger, yeah. then start emailing me, then like text me on the day, and then I'm going, oh, what was the details about that? And then I'm going through four different apps. I can't just look at all of the messages, but that'll never happen because of ecosystem. Yeah, there was. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. There, there was a guy um, based here in Auckland, Toby. I'm trying to remember the surname. Ca- came up with sort of a platform that would would pull things together across all the all your different messaging uh, ecosystems. Yeah, and um, I must I must look them up um, and yeah, see see if I can uh, or see if see if that's. Uh, that's still going. I'll have a have a look on uh, on LinkedIn because that's always the uh, there we go. Um, Toby Ruckett and yeah. what was his thing called? And is it still running? I, ju- uh, I just feel like how could he pull? I can't see that data. I, I can't see it listed yet, and I'm and I'm not sure what. I mean, at that stage, it was probably. I was probably you know, five or six years ago when he was in New Zealand. I can't even see that thing listed in his LinkedIn unless unless the name of it has changed. I'm just looking through all the different uh, boards and and things he's he's on. Um, he's based elsewhere in the world now. So he's Singapore at the moment, um, and I think he's German. So um, I'll have to look look that one up because uh, yeah, would would be useful, but. Yeah, there is a challenge. You just can't, you actually can't tie into all of these things because they have their own clients. They don't allow you to use another client to uh, uh, to get at them in a, in a lot of cases these well, days. Uh, right? I remember when you just had a messages app, and that's all you use to chat with people. I've got a folder of purely of communication 
apps now. Weirdly, I've found I've got two mates now who I just communicate through direct messages on Instagram. Well, yeah, you know, because you just fall into how you're communicating with people. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I, yeah, I wouldn't use direct messages on Instagram at all. No, no, uh, neither would I. And then yeah. we just started having conversation, <laughs> and it goes that way. But so all I've taken out of my sort of back and forth is that no one's got it right. There's no point. No, finding fa- Facebook have almost are almost going to have it right because they're pulling together their uh, Instagram, Facebook Messenger. And WhatsApp into one, so that's actually gonna, that's going to be pretty powerful. But it doesn't now, solve are, it, it. Only they? solves the issue for them because it just makes them a bigger, a bigger single uh, sort of ecosystem, right? Yeah, that's a great move to avoid regulation, <laughs> is what that is. Because they're not changing the apps; they're they're putting all the back end together, so then they can go when they when government goes to them, you guys, you've got to break out. You can't, you've got to break these up. They'll go, oh, we can't because our back end's all tied together. It's too much coding to break it all out. It's, uh, I, I, I'm a big WhatsApp user because I started using it for privacy, then fa- Facebook, who like that, they're known, and, and they're known for protecting your privacy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they, when they were, I sort of am conflicted because I'm not a, I'm not a Facebook user. I have it through, through necessity. I, I just find it quite clumsy. It feels very old to me mm. when I, um, use it. And also I just, a lot of people who I get along with in real life really well, just are so inflamed and angry on Facebook <laughs> that I prefer to just see them in real life. But I think I think we're definitely in. We're about to move into five years where there's going to be a lot of either great drastic change or massive consolidation by by companies. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly there's certainly you know benefits from you know, uh, you know tech companies' perspectives to you know bring stuff together. There can be consumer benefits, but you know competition is always is always good. So we don't want things to ever consolidate um, too far, right? So that can that can be interesting. But I mean, look, looking at the phone, um, you know, mobile platform platforms where we've got you know I- iOS, which has has certainly you know lost lost some uh, you know lost some share, and certainly you look at sort of the sales of devices where. Uh, yeah, Apple. I think are, are number three now uh, in the world behind Samsung and Huawei. Uh, anyone's anyone's guess quite you know where that will be in, in five years. I think you know pretty hard to to predict. But you know, de- I guess it, it depends a lot on politics, right? What's what's going to happen with Huawei and uh, Oppo, these sort of Chinese brands, and how much they sort of get pushed, um, you know, based on political things and and security concerns. And you know, we we, we were chatting before about a, a phone call I had with uh, Radio New Zealand while I was on holiday, and you know, I sort of unleashed all this uh, uh, human rights thoughts and things about China on the on the journey. Unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, uh, he 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 only pulled out of uh, you know a small bit to uh, publish. So I'm not in uh, uh, too too much strife. Um, Next time I'm over uh, over that way, but you know there there, there are some uh, you know some pretty genuine uh, you know considerations in terms of what's happening yeah. in China. I think it was the Herald this week, um, and they pulled a story from Sydney Morning Herald around. Um, it, it actually, I'll see if I can find it. it had some uh, stats in terms of um, the number of people that are impacted now traveling. On trains because of whatever whatever they've done, 
uh, and and impacted from a point of view of travelling on on planes. So it's like, oh no, sorry, you're part of the five million people um, that hasn't you know operated within the bounds of you know what the state's AI system uh, decided was legitimate. And this is the same system uh, that when a when a, a a bus went by a particular camera with a big picture of you know one of the top female businesswomen in the in the uh, country. Uh, the AI picked it up and then named and shamed her on a board for uh, for jaywalking because it saw this picture of this woman on the street, but it was attached to the back of a bus. So, you know, it's uh, yeah. There's that side, and then you know we could dive into uh, uh, you know human rights things and 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 so on. But you know, ultimately, between you know those things of uh, and the 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 security uh, concerns around the government and China's ability to sort of, you know, tell a company, hey, you know, you must do X, Y, Z. And, you know, my guess is that in a lot of cases that's going to be much less public than in the US, right? I'm not saying that the US is, is yeah. perfect on these things by, by any means, you know. Um, and, you know, they just, you know, conveniently have, have a prison that's, uh, you know, outside of the country so they can get outside of their own laws. You know, I don't get that one. Um, but you do see the pushback from the Apples and Googles and, and, uh, and, and, sort and, of and Microsoft. So you, you get some visibility on governments trying to do this and the you know, public companies are pushing back. But, but there, are, there are things that they're not allowed to uh, uh, disclose as, as well, but it does, does seem a bit more out in the open. So I don't know how much that comes into play and then politics sort of come into play in terms of what China's success will be. But if we were to sort of take away the... You know th- th- those two things, and and just look at the way China's been growing, and the fact that everything's sort of made there. You you know you would expect Chinese phones to be in position one, two, three, four, uh, probably within the next uh, you know decade, right? Yeah, and there's and, all, and, and there's, that's going to influence the the operating systems because they're going to be most likely all Android. There also there you've got to look at smoke. There's been you know there was the story, the Bloomberg story about the. Um, chip being put on the motherboards that oh, yes, being yes, yes. that then turned out once they'd done full stripping there wasn't these chips on that. Yeah. So then you go, is there smoke being put out to go anti China just yes. so there's it's evening out. Now I must say a big worry for me about the future of tech is big business because America worships um, company over government. And the companies are now, like I was mentioning, consolidating, like Facebook's consolidating, Google's consolidating, Amazon. You're getting five almost monopolies. And like came out with Facebook having this VPN app that was tracking all the apps that kids were using, why they were doing That's that. That's right. They pay you, they pay you a pay small, small bribe, I would call it. Oh, $20. It's yes. $20 a month, and they get every ounce of data that's coming off your phone. The reason they're doing that, um, the suspected reason they're doing that is going, oh, these these guys are using this app a lot. Boom, buy the app. Yeah. Buy they, the were, app. they were breaking the terms of service with, with Apple. Uh, yeah. Google would do it. sounded like Google were doing something, you know, re, re, reasonably similar. I'm not sure if yeah, to the I same think extent, Google's but was, certainly breaking the rules. Google's was slightly less nefarious because I think that was in-house with their actual own employees and that was how their a lot of their internal apps were working, whereas Facebook, I'm sure there was a nefarious... <laughs> there were, was not all squeaky clean. Oh, no, these guys are perfect. Guy. <laughs> they, everything is all for us, the people. But so where I worry about this is, 
everyone's so focused on companies just have to expand, get bigger, get bigger. It's like people go, the death of Apple now, because they're selling less iPhones. Apple's last quarter that was a shocker, uh, they said, was still the second biggest quarter that they've had. Like, they're not, Apple are in zero trouble. Any company in the world, aside from the big five, would give their right teeth to be trading as well as Apple does. But because it's not getting bigger and bigger. And what I worry is the smaller tech companies, there's nothing wrong with just having a niche. And what's wrong with having a niche and only making $100 million? <laughs> what's wrong with that? And so I worry that these, these companies that come out with cool new products get bought by the bigger company and then they sort of just weirdly drift along sort of a bit like nest has done with google it came out yeah they came in and they're not properly integrated with google really like i've been using the aura ring for the last um since december are you using that for nfc payments so you going in and tap tapping that on a terminal to do no i'm this is mainly purely on the health Oh, okay. So sleep is what I've been trying to yeah, doing, work with. Doing sleep tracking. Yeah, because it's the only one that does body temperature and it's been so much more accurate. And I find like wearing a watch to bed's not, not something. But it's something like this, this is a cool company. They're a small company, you know. Once you get sized for the device, it still takes three months because I've got to make it. Then I worry, but it's so, they're really personalized, great to deal with. Then I worry about people going, oh, they're starting to get quite big. Yeah. Buy them up and then... And are they, you know, can they be profitable as a small entity just doing that? You know, is the value in the data that they've got? Yeah. Knowing where, where is where is Di Henwood at this moment? And what's his heart so, rate? And what's this? And what's that? And what else can we tie that to get? Oh, with that, then, oh, we need to sell him these sleeping pills because he's not sleeping very well this week. <laughs> well, or we need to sell him that health program. The upside of it is I believe they're a Swedish <laughs> company and the Netherlands are... Pretty hard nuts on... Um, Hold on, Swedish or Dutch? Sorry, this were not the Netherlands. I do, there, there's there's a lot of um, white-on-white racism there, to be honest. I, I apologise to all the Dutch and Swedish people for putting you in the same... But it, it's in a positive way. That whole area of the world yep. probably leans a bit more on the leftist protectionism of people. Absolutely. And um, that their thing is these devices qu- cost quite a lot, and they're... they're they do outline their privacy policy quite well. But, yeah, I just worry that company, little companies who are really starting to get somewhere and haven't quite reached their potential just get snapped up uh, almost in a protectionist measure because they, they, they challenge a product Facebook's already got. They challenge away Google's doing something, and and eventually the price is good enough. This week in the podcasting world, which is something I you know follow quite closely, uh, Spotify, who you know traditionally weren't, yes. weren't they weren't in they weren't doing podcasts. Then they've brought podcasts, and they're now the second biggest way in which people to listen to podcasts, just because. So many people listen, you know, already use Spotify, and so it became natural for them to 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 look at it and um, and 
uh, like the two companies they acquired, Anchor, who have been doing something quite you know unique in the in the podcasting yeah. space with this kind of you know free audio hosting service and free you know bit, bits and pieces wrapped together. There's always been a bit of debate in the podcasting sort of industry around whether they're actually a really kind of good player, but a tech startup not making money or anything. But you know, being acquired for you know who knows how much. But I think the, between that acquisition and the other, certainly in the hundreds of millions US and and the other. Uh, Gimlet Media, who you know, just been producing some you know really phenomenal uh, content. They've had a had a big big reach, having sort of you know stepped out from uh, um, the public N- N- radio. N- N- yeah, yeah. So you, you've got you know the the the, the founder was uh, ex uh, you know yeah public radio NPR in the US who had a big reach, and his initial content was able to basically I don't I don't know how he did it, or I mean I don't think he bribed anybody. Uh, very you know that that's not likely, but the relationships. Were such that basically they gave him enough, you know, promotion of his initial shows. I, I understand to basically set him up with with million, you know, millions of listeners. Um, so he sort of got that that free publicity and and was well known. Um, and look, you know, good on him, very smart, and now build a business. And I think that solved over two hundred million uh, US. So it shows, shows what's possible with with some of the new new uh, media. But it's another acquisition. Will the founders still the founders still be there in two, three, four, five years? You know, any any anyone's guess, but uh, you know, eventually the money on offer is enough for uh, for a nice exit, and uh, and it and it happens. But yeah, I find this very interesting with Spotify of why they're going down the spending because the I think the chief executive said he's got five hundred mil more to drop this year on right. podcasts or something, yeah. on, or on that or, style of media. And for me, I really have always been intrigued why they haven't gone the Netflix way and taken gone into music production because their entire life or death is hamstrung from the recording industry of whether they suddenly change the terms on what streaming the streaming rights are. And because that's, which may or may not happen, but I thought, you know, that's how Netflix is future-proofing themselves against um, Disney and other huge companies suddenly going, well, you're not getting anything because we want to do it. I guess they would have that challenge that the artists want to be on Spotify because it has become so big and so dominant. Yeah. So it's a little bit hard to say we, you know, we we won't we won't be there. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I guess that there's an aspect when you look at Spotify for every minute that you listen or every extra minute that you're listening to music, that's costing them more money, right? So yeah. if they can actually take you into listening to podcasts and other content, it doesn't cost them a cent in most cases. That's actually putting money back in their pocket because yeah. you, you know instead of listening to music, which costs them, you're listening to something that that's effectively free, and so they're rubbing their hands. Yeah, if true. you if you spend you know half of your time listening to podcasts and uh, that that maybe used to be spent listening to music, then you know they've already they, paid they, for they, it. They, so. Yeah, they've already banked that. You know, it it's, uh, works out very very well for them. I would I, I would imagine. I suppose for me, I'm entrenched already. I'm like pocket casts guy. That's how I listen to podcasts. That's my it's app a, of it's choice. A great app, and likewise. I, and I don't associate Spotify with podcasts. So I suppose what do you do? Do you set up a podcast playlist, then add your 
audio podcast today. It's a streaming I, app, right? You don't think of it as, you know, and a proper podcasting app is... I can uh, da- have know, auto-download. I set yeah. up for my new releases and so forth. And I actually heard Leo Laporte from Twit talking about how he laid out his numbers and showed how, like, grossly larger than Gimlet they are in terms of turning over, like, 9 million and this, so forth, and how... The number. I'm not sure he'd be able to sell it for 200 uh, no. plus million US. <laughs> but also, also, I suppose he they're they're falling into a niche tech zone, and they're shutting down shows. I thought was was in, was interesting as well. So my friend Tom Merritt, who used to do their yeah. you know, their, their daily show, uh, and uh, you know he moved from that to do you know doing that independently because. Um, they they didn't they didn't want him sort of running that from um, from LA. They were like, we can be more successful without you, Tom. And yeah. uh, it doesn't work for I us, love Tom. Yeah. And Tom's awesome. Um, but they've they now no longer have um, have a daily show. So now you know his daily tech news show uh, is it. So yeah. it's, but I mean, look, business is hard. It's hard to make these calls. The media is constantly changing. Leo has an incredibly successful business. I would you know, love to have a business of that. Uh, but his, his uh, that, sort of angle, success. I suppose, on it was that uh, he wasn't just talking about, say, his stable, but the yeah. fact that there are quite a lot of bigger podcasts. But Gimlet has the cool Brooklyn public radio angle on it yeah, like they've yeah. got they've got a, they come with mixed, that w- mixed with being a cool startup yeah so that it comes with that cool factor that you can't buy or put on yes. something and that sort of is an intangible amount of money and um also i know with with things like gimlet and like talking i was just on a on a job and like was talking to a woman in the makeup room and like she doesn't listen to podcasts right but she's listening to podcasts on Spotify and didn't think of it as a podcast. Yes. She was just, oh, I'm listening to this murder sort of talk show thing. Yeah. And I was, I was listening while I was getting my head. I went, that's that podcast. And I was, oh, is this the da-da-da podcast? I couldn't think of the name. It was yeah. like, you know, there's so many murder podcasts yeah. now. And she's, oh, no, it's just like this talk radio thing on Spotify. Yeah. So she doesn't think of it like a she podcast. She doesn't even know she listens to podcasts. But it but still does. is a podcast. And she's, yeah. oh, this, epi- this episode where they're talking about that. Going, it's just a, you're just working your way through a back catalogue of podcasts. So whether they're going for that, that sort of people suddenly think of it as, oh, this is just Spotify talk radio or, you know. Like- I mean, I, I, it's great for podcasting, right, that Spotify have come into it. I mean, there's, uh, you know... Uh, and and yeah, that that will that will be the impact. We'll, you know, it'll, it'll just help more and more people on. Uh, I've been tempted to you know, look at doing some sort of a because it's been done in lots of other markets, but non New Zealand, some sort of a survey um, to see what are, what are our stats for uh, for New Zealand. But I'm not quite sure where I'd justify the cost for uh, uh, you know for for making making that happen. Um, but you know, it, it will be very interesting to sort of track what our listenerships are in New Zealand. It's quite weird that that nobody has been. You know, has really been uh, tracking that. Australia now has some uh, some really good uh, stat, you know stats happening on a regular basis. You know, the US has been uh, uh, been very good, and you know we just keep seeing those those numbers uh, climb. But it's it's pretty. Well, unknown, oh, yeah. I had a um, aside from being a tech geek, I'm obsessed with rugby league, right? Which is sort of one of the opposite, as far away from technology as you could get, like your classic old school blue collar sport. And just at the end of last season. I was. I thought to myself, I get 
most of my rugby league knowledge from podcasts about rugby league. So what do you listen to? Like, well, like there's there's the obvious there's the sort of more commercial Australian ones which package their radio shows up. Yeah. But then there's just like people who have who have great opinions and knowledge but don't fit the sexy foxsports.com.au blonde hair white teeth sort of look <laughs> so they just do great podcasts where it's longer form chat it's about topics that might not be as racy because it's not about this guy's had a massive scandal it's just about interesting stuff and that thing where I go something I was purely lo- using to listen to like if six years ago you'd listen, looked at my list of Podcasts. It's like the Verge cast, a few twit ones. It's Tom Merritt. Like it's the. It was purely tech, like niche tech. But now it's well. That was how we connected with yeah, you, right? Because exactly. you were listening in, and uh, it was like, <laughs> oh my god, we've got this famous man listening into our podcast. It's brilliant. <laughs> and and now it's so mainstream. My wife has pocket casts on her home screen of her iPhone. Yeah, she listens yeah. to very different things I do, but now discoverability especially through pocket cast like the other day i had that thing of um oh, but you know mixer like we were driving back from the coromandel with my six-year-old son and we're like well we've been trying to get into audio books but he's just a bit young for like harry potter i I got harry potter which read by stephen fry is phenomenal yeah but it's got so much exposition and stuff he's like just give him a wand i want to see him battling something you know <laughs> so so then was and then some friends put us on to this um, podcast. Yeah, that's just twenty minute quick episodes. I didn't really enjoy it that much, but he loved it because it was aimed so. It was so perfectly targeted at um, at six year olds, and, there, and there's nothing on the radio like that. Now, no, right? I mean, we and maybe there is at a particular hour. I mean, I remember growing up, there was some really awesome, you know, produced stuff on on public radio for. You know, youngsters, erratic attic radio show. I remember yeah. was, was the name of one of the, like, you know, and and I mean, I guess you know there was there was that sort of you know period where um, um, you know radio had a had a, a much more important uh, place, um, but I mean, podcast now just you know you can hit whatever niche perfectly. Yeah. Right? It's awesome. Well, this was the, I think this was the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. It's yeah. called if anyone out there has six year old kids and wants wants to try a podcast. But yeah, what I love about it, it doesn't fit into a program director at radio and this series of consultants saying, this is how radio's done, you know, which is what radio was, especially the 80s and the 90s. Formula, we've got Wacko, Blonky and Drano talking in the morning. You know, it's like now people go completely the opposite and... People like that. I think it promotes longer form discussion. It's a great way of hearing, you know, whether you want to. It's for me. It's a way I dip in on American politics, where I can get an explainer and listen to an episode of the Daily from the New York Times. Yeah. And this is what's crazy now: seeing these huge players like New York Times hopping in, and that's how you get more discoverability. Then it, uh, one hopes there's a trickle down. Yeah, and I mean, there's a little bit of oh, are we, you know, we're going to see there not being enough room for the for the more niche shows with those bigger shows by the daily, but there's room for everything, and um, you know, part of what we're starting to work out, and we'll do, we'll get more of this sort of right with our. Um, podcasts uh, here with podcast New Zealand World podcasts and shows like the NZ Tech podcast this year and in, in terms of how do you you know 
actually get a bit of return on all the time you sort of put in to do it. And I think we're, you know, we're finding ways through platforms like Patreon that allow audiences to say, well, I'll chip in and support that show. Or, you know, for brands who can, you know, support in a particular way with a little little bit of a, um, you know, a little bit of a sponsorship and they get a logo when you do a video stream and things like that, but without actually having to sell out your, your, your content as well. So uh, yeah, listen it's to good, things. good to see that evolving, right? You listen, like, I listen to Joe Rogan talk for 76 hours to a Russian MMA fighter about vitamin D supplements. And you know, I'm like, I have no interest in any of the above. But for some reason, I'm 52 hours into this conversation. It's just, it's, it's amazing how even like people like Joe Rogan, who I knew first through like the stand-up world. Yes. Who is for quite a niche show. Like he's talking some pretty niche topics. Is... He's got a mainstream name, like people. Oh, oh Joe, yeah. like I was at a barbecue on my tongue, you know, and someone's. Have you had this episode of Joe Rogan talking to Mike Tyson when they smoke marijuana and it's <laughs> ridiculous, you know? And it's no one. He's an accountant. He would normally, yeah, never yeah. have. You know, he's quite a late adopter to tech, but that's water cooler talk now. Yeah, is about yeah. what would used to be quite obscure. That, that maybe we would have heard through the grapevine or whatever, but now it's just mainstream. Yeah, it's it's an interesting transition. I, w- I was at a breakfast this morning, and um, Liam Dan from the the Herald was sort of talking yeah. and, and talking through a bit of you know where where the, you know NZME, New Zealand Herald, and the, and the media in general are going, and you know the all the the, the click type uh, you know stuff, and you know hey in the newsroom we you know we have screens up that basically show all the stories. It shows uh, you know basically you know f- for each one you know how how many people clicked on it how long they're spending on it uh you know these stats and you know he was talking through from you know i guess some of some of those journalistic challenges in the modern world and you know he's a um uh, business journalist so you know he's trying to you know put together stuff that will um you know give people an idea of you know facts and where things are heading but of course he's competing on the front page with a news story for the Kardashians or the you know whatever other sort of you know clickbait type stuff there is oh, and, a lot and, of it and, ends uh, up um, which I feel is hard especially in business because business is still one of the few elements in a newspaper that relies on facts and some pretty heavyweight reporting whereas the rest of the front page is repackaged Instagram and Twitter yeah, and yeah. where uh, the amount of articles, not saying the Herald like, on every news site worldwide, yeah. the amount of articles I've clicked on, and I'm scrolling through screenshots of Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at how these 50 different celebrities reacted to Maroon yeah, 5 at the Super Bowl. They've basically know? got something to set up to see what's trending, and uh, and they just pull it through and drop it, you know, drop, drop it into yeah, their... And uh, just go, we need their, a funny one, we need an inflammatory one, da-da-da. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think people can get a bit... Um, can get a bit negative down on... Like, I mean, I, I sort of... I dipped out of Twitter just just mainly because um, I was dealing with a, not not a lot of negativity, but just people... Oh yeah, it just can be constant coming in, and you know that thing of going. I don't know. It's so annoying that you're affecting me when you're just like an angry eighteen-year-old from. Yeah, Tipuki, you've got you've you know? got your problem, and somehow you projected it on me. Yeah, and through it through it through a social media you know channel, right? You know, someone's having a really bad day. 
and then in the you know in the old world there'd be a few people around them that would get that and hey I know you and stuff and we'll cope with it and we'll you know um, you'll apologise in a day or two or whatever for being in a bad yeah. mood and so on. Now that happens on you know Twitter and someone's getting a you know knife in their back in, a, in an emotional sense and well uh, exactly I'd know. reply positively yeah and then they'd always like not always but ninety nine percent come back of oh, I didn't mean anything. By that, hope you're having a great day. And it's that thing of I just got a little bit, little bit bored of bored of that, and I sort of I, I've been moving to try and rather than being consuming stuff just because I've been in a very busy place, sort of family wise as well, of trying to move away from consuming and into creating. Yeah, that's ra- good, and it takes yeah. You can just waste so much time. So talking talking family, I'm I'm keen to hear. Yeah. Well, you know, where are you at on the family front? How old's your? Uh- I got a two and a half year old and a six year old, and we're um we it's, the six year old has always been really into the iPad, right? He got hooked on kids YouTube, so yeah, okay. we, I pulled the plug. <laughs> My wife and I pulled the plug. With no more kids YouTube off the iPad. Wow. It's been amazing for his mood. Wow, wow. Just because then I realised how much he was watching pure consumerism. Right. I've yeah, got to have this toy, I've got to have this. Oh, and just because yeah. of the algorithm that it keeps, <laughs> there's always, it's about a product or unboxing something. Or, yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas um, my boy Pablo, he's he's eight now, and he's just got his first iPad. He's had a tablet for some time, an Amazon uh, Kindle Fire with a kids mode and subscription, which isn't sort of officially available in New Zealand. And Amazon do some quite cool stuff because yeah. they have all this content. You know, your subscription gives access to books and certain games and so on. But it wasn't an, uh, with the content that was available, and it depends with how you set up with VPNs and proxies and so on. Um, he didn't generally have video content on there, so it wasn't sort of super compelling. So it wasn't heavily sort of addicted to it, but you know, he definitely would consume content through it at some stage. But now he's on the uh, the iPad, which he needs for school. Um, I've just you know, this is the first time I've actually installed the um, the, the kids YouTube kids basically. Yeah. Um, but for his YouTube um, habits, he you know he's had sort of particular shows that he's been in, interested in, um, and some of them are more TV shows. But he's been listening to, or watching this one recently. Um, was it Brave Wilderness? Coyote Peterson, and yeah. uh, the, you know there's this um, you know guy who's basically you know he's built without having to be on TV. He's built his own. TV show and amassed millions, millions of of, um, uh, of of people that are subscribed to his channel, and it's actually pretty good educational content. So there have definitely been times where Pablo's been watching stuff, and I'm like, oh, why is he watching? You know, why is he watching this? Yeah. But a, a lot of what he what he's tended to gravitate to with a sort of an interest in wildlife and so on over the over the last year or two. Um, yeah, has actually been been pretty good. So I guess the algorithms sort of pick up and feed you similar yeah, stuff. So and it my depends son what, loves fishing. What you shows. get into? Oh yeah, and, um, well, there's plenty and of those today. in New Zealand. And, we, 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 <laughs> and uh, the one, so I have slowly massaged him towards Minecraft. He loves it now. I have so much respect for Minecraft. So much love for Minecraft. It was my birthday, I come back, we have a shared world where it's sort of both of us go into it, or when yep. his mate's over, he can come into it. He's built me a little palace with some balloons for my birthday, oh, you know, it's like, oh, and for so me, cool. I find, mood-wise, a game like Minecraft's better 
in terms of the fact that he's on a lower key mode. It's not yeah. like full reaction to yeah. things. Yeah. Like I, I had to say no around Fortnite. Just why? Why? What was I mean? Well, my, Pablo doesn't doesn't generally play those games. But when we were in Australia last week yeah. with a friend of similar age, it was Minecraft, Fortnite, and uh, what's the other ones? Um, uh, something blocks. Uh, oh, Roblox. Roblox. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I've sort of been like, and and you know, didn't seem to have destroyed their child. So I was sort of like, okay, ma- maybe we can we can edge Pablo into a you know, a, yeah, a little it, little bit of gaming because I certainly enjoyed enjoyed that as a as a youngster. And I'm just trying to work out like you know, and you, of course you hear the stuff in the media around. Oh well, you know, Fortnite's basically you know you get addicted to that. It's basically the same as heroin. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, and I'm like, well, I'm not. Yeah, don't let me by any means think <laughs> I fall on that side of it. I've been a gamer for. All of my life up until I had two children and ran out of time. (laughs) But I still got a Nintendo Switch I love playing on. Um, I just did it because he's six. Like, maybe when he's eight, it's a bit different. There's plenty of time for him to be beating beating people up with axes and shooting them and so forth. I just want to maybe save a little bit bit of that. And my my thing has always been, people are stressed out about screen time, but going... This is the way... I don't want him to not be able to use a computer. The one thing which I've really found interesting is now see him, because I'm getting him to use a laptop a bit, because I'm going like, right, you're going to be rocking a Chromebook at school at some point. Of the disconnect now between I press a button here and it affects that on the screen, whereas he's used to I move that and move that. I saw an interesting stat about the people falling for virus scams now are... Teenagers, really, who are downloading virus scams onto their parents' desktops <laughs> because they've never had that. Right, right. We were the last generation yeah. dealing with, oh, that's a scam. I don't need that. Yeah, but they're like have been using an iPad yeah. or a Chromebook or whatever. That hasn't been a thing. Yeah. So then they see it and go, oh, we've got to get that. Yeah. <laughs> Antivirus. I don't want to look after this co- mum and dad's computer. Yeah, because the benefit, I suppose, of these, especially mobile operating systems, is that's a lot more few and far between, especially if you come through the iOS sort of um, ecosystem. Yeah, it's been a been a been a reasonably uh, reasonably safe world. So, what what other tech are you using in your in your home? Have you got uh, cameras set up and so you're using some security, wearables beyond yourself? Security or? wise, I have the Arlo oh, yeah. um, camera yeah, system. Very popular. Very happy with that. Very happy with that for log on for just being able to move them around because they're ma- on little magnetic yeah, mounts. Yeah. Um, how long? What's the battery life you get out of those? I'm getting because I'm quite. I've set up the thing so they're not armed and filming as much. Ah, like that's it's on, yeah. So only, only at the times you you want them to be. Yeah, like it's geofenced to my phone, sort of where my phone is. Either my wife's phone or my phone is not at home, and um, the, also the way I've just found the way it connects. It connected really well. It was very user friendly. Um, I moved to an Orbi internet system, which um, has been the best for me. I've found um, 
I've been on the Ring doorbell for for quite a while. I actually just got the Pro, which I'm getting um, what hardwired in. Yeah, um, yeah, that's worth that's worth doing if you're using that type of. Um, just because I actually found the battery degenerated a lot quicker than I was um, expecting, and I'm charging it a lot now. And I do like the redundancy idea of if I actually go away for a few months, or it's so it's so useful. Mm. Um, and in terms of wearables, I'm pretty much I'm still on the the Apple Watch, the Series Three. I went the original Apple Watch to the Series Three, so that was a huge yeah. upgrade. The Series Four, um, I lo- um, a few mates have got it. I like the extra screen, but for me, it's not. I wish we had the eSIM thing sort of happening happening here in New E-SIM. Zealand. And it's only it's only Spark that are doing it, and only for uh, or that, that have done it, and I think only for a Samsung watch. So we need eSIM here. I actually, one thing I'm not sure I, I spoke about it before on the podcast, but I've got my um, um, review iPhone here from uh, from from Apple, and um, and that's been you know a lot of the time my primary device. Yeah. When I went to the US, I thought. Hey, they've got eSIMs here, and I now have an iPhone that's capable of a, a second SIM via eSIM. So I tried that out. I've got, um, and the other thing I found out was interesting is you can actually load a bunch of eSIMs. So it's not just one you can load, uh-huh. um, but you, you, I think you can only have one active at a time. But you can, you know, sort of flip, you can, you can fl- flick, you can flick between keep them, them loaded. Yeah. Um, so I loaded that. I got that loaded up with um, with AT and T. Went into the store to buy another SIM. I said, "Can you do me an eSIM on my? You know, I keep an active pre." pay account going all year for the for the states it just makes life a, a lot easier there and it was very quick and and painless and um, but it'd be even more so up. now for traveling back because it's just loaded it's on already there. on 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 the phone i don't know what happens uh well no i do know what happens i i could flick that over to a physical if i want to put it into a samsung huawei you know whatever yeah. whatever other phone um, but for ease of use, you can just keep that. As, you know, if, uh, presuming everybody else goes down the eSIM uh, track, then uh, that should be you know nice, nice and easy, and I, you avoid having to go into a store, you know, to to get that done. That you know, that was something I you know be notorious for. Uh, um, yeah, because always I'm juggling so, and testing so many phones, and it'd be like, oh yeah, uh, when I was in the states three months ago, six months ago. Uh, yeah, I wonder what I did with that SIM card and what phone. I, no, can't find it. So you're going back into another store. Yeah. And, Can I have a new SIM card, please? Which was which was exactly the case this time. Um, and but but you know I, I obviously went for went for the eSIM, but it's really good. Work, works you know works works well. You can change you know which is your default for calls for text messages. I think you might even be able to change it on a per person basis. So you're calling somebody that's you know in New Zealand, say oh, you tie so that back to New, New Zealand, sim yeah. or you know that yeah those sort of things. What, what's using data? So you know I uh, rather than use up my New Zealand data on my Vodafone sim. Uh, yeah, I had a big, I had probably a reasonable chunk of data. No, actually, I think I might have turned the data off on AT and T. That's right. I thought, well, I've got enough data on my New Zealand SIM anyway, uh, and basically, I used AT and T for the week, so anyone could call me if they needed to, and I could get those texts. But I didn't have much activity on it, so it cost me virtually nothing to nothing to run it. Whereas usually, I would have, you know, had to get a, a reasonable plan set up to, um, yeah, to make to make it useful. But having the, having the two in one and just pick which is doing the data, um, yeah, work, I'd love work, the cellular well. the cellular Apple Watch in New Zealand, especially if we can have them kind of as they do in in some markets like the US, have your number 
and your text be able to, or your messages, uh, including text, able to arrive on, you know, whether it's Apple or Samsung, whatever ecosystem you're in, but on that watch and just work work flawlessly. So, yes, somebody, you know, has my number, really needs to get hold of me, and I want to answer it, but I don't have my mobile yeah, with like me. I don't you, know. It's nice to unplug when you're on holiday to me and so it on, seems right? But you kind of still need at times to be to be reachable for urgent things. And it's still annoying that the the phone sort of still has to yeah, has seems, to come with you. It seems like a very fixable, a very achievable problem. I think it falls. Vodafone, Spark. I know you are listening. Somebody in there. No, it's it's, a, it's like the, it's a music rights situation. It's companies just dragging their feet, like how ASB only introduced Apple Pay like two weeks ago. You know, there's no, well, there's that, no that technical one, that, issue. That one's a, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, they, I guess all of these, there's a business sort of case reason, isn't there? There's a, they're, they're weighing up some numbers and, well, this will be the impact. Uh, but uh, you I know, think, eventually, I think eventually they probably... have to go down that track, right? Like dual SIM phones in New Zealand. We never had dual SIM phones sold by carriers other than maybe two degrees until last year. And, you know, now, you know, you've got, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I think it's Huawei that sort of, you know, started that with their uh, Mate 20 Pro. And, I mean, they're not, obviously not the first to, to, to do it, but in terms of what they've got across the line with uh, uh, with carriers that, you know, we now have major carriers. And then, you know, Apple, you know, very, very soon thereafter um, was semi-dual semi dual SIM, but, of course, no one's supporting the eSIM. Yeah. So it's, it's, the, the, the carriers haven't quite jumped onto that bandwagon. But, you know, we know we're now very close to, to yeah, be able to keep those multiple SIMs where they're international, whether it's multiple carriers from the same country and I'd be quite interested you know once we do go down that track what sort of things will say a two a player like two degrees kind of do knowing that you know maybe somebody's on you know and they've got all their data and they've got all their all their stuff from um, um, you know on a, on a work sim or something a, a sort of a secondary sim but in you know in that same uh, device well, we, we, we get a, you know some some interesting offerings down uh, down that yeah track. I mean I'm I'm, I'm uh, happy I have the unlimited plan on Spark and it's just the thing of where I go that's you get, don't have you, to think about it you get once until, until, until you go roaming you take that to America oh yeah I've just got un- oh, oh what, no what yeah. happened but also it's um it's the as for some reason unlimited actually started meaning something different a few years ago <laughs> it is 22 yeah. gigs <laughs> so, so what people, happens when you t- have the 22 it, gigs it have just you, you noticed thro- how throttles maybe like I have hit 22 gigs like two days before, and I noticed no performance issues. Yeah, my recollection um, from from when I discussed it with with the carriers that w- were doing it when when it came out was, you know, I think behind this they they gave me some sort of feedback on what sort of throttling w- would be done, and it didn't it's seem as though it was, throttle, was going to stop you watching streaming video. So even though it might be slow, you know, slower on you might go down to some ten. Things, like, I think I did a speed test reasonable. and I was. Still around 10 megs, yeah. which is actually dealable. But if I was, I don't think Spark's looking at Jill Sims. I think their entire company is sitting there going, so we've got the rights to the Rugby World Cup. If we don't stream this properly, <laughs> which is no mean, I don't envy them, is no mean feat streaming because there are quite a few variables out of your control. Um, and there are going to be some thoroughly angry baby boomers. <laughs> 
like that that is um full respect well, to it, them it's sort of inevitable isn't it that there's going to be a few people um, there's going to be that, an, that, that are going to be an problems, issue but we we shouldn't we shouldn't see the problems that they had in in Australia last year no. i mean that was um yeah, um, we we could think of some rude words to describe that. Yeah. Um, but no, but I mean, uh, to be to be honest, I really, really hope for Spark's sake and for the sake of us moving forward that this goes without a hitch. Because if we can expose people to consuming stuff that way, like as I mentioned with my rugby league thing, what annoys me is Australia. They've got it t- tied in. You can get an app. You can watch all the games. Um, you can watch really good cut-down highlights of the games. I can't watch it in New Zealand mm. because of the issues with Sky and rights and all that. Yeah, it's and it's just going, it's so much more consumable. I don't have time to sit down and watch, even though I actually do watch it. <laughs> but there's so many hours. But if you if I can watch, you know, just beautiful cut down, good commentary, it's well produced, it's a tidy app, but we can't access it here. So best yeah. of luck with the live streaming. Yeah, uh, I, I've got to give Sky another prod. They, they, they were very, uh, very communicative for a, for a window of time and it looked like they were just really, you know, about to fire up and, you know, really become this, you know, modern tech-enabled, you know, company that realised all of their shortcomings are just going to start killing it. Um, but I'm not so sure. And maybe that's just because, I mean, A, it comes down to what you see them actually doing, which is hard and it's challenging to, to deliver on, on, you know, on, on, on some of the, 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 the challenges um, out there from a financial perspective and a tech perspective and so on. And we're not a, not, not a huge market. Um, but I'm I'm certainly excited to see Spark sort of you know thinking well we'll, yeah. we'll take advantage of this and we're going to really stir I think stir stir things up so I uh, you know it it, it should work well we're here because we have you know we have great broadband in, in New Zealand and of course um, you know th- th- this year we we go past the kind of the the delivery uh, date for the the first stage of well, first. You know the UFB one, the initial sort of project, and of course since then, um, um, you know that's that's been extended to cover uh, other regions, and and we've got pretty good mobile broadband in, in a lot of the country, and by later this year, um, you know it'll be reasonably easy for internet providers to also offer um, unlimited satellite plans that are actually comparable speed wise with um, with VDSL, so you know fast enough for streaming any well, sports. So I'm most no one in the country that. Shouldn't be able to get um, some sort of reasonable performance and actually actually stream this stuff. I ended up moving my my parents um, out of Piha to satellite because satellite four G was just I pay a bit more for it, but they don't you know they're not streaming like satellite I am. or four or mo- or the fixed mobile. Oh, sorry, the the, the fixed, fixed four G yeah one yeah, yeah and yeah. that's just been that's it's been, been great. Yeah. But I think where Sky fell down is they didn't listen to what like Steve Jobs always said of it's better that you eat your own product than someone else. You know how he willfully destroyed the iPod to release the iPhone. That it's better they should have just gone look. Let's we our models not work, but instead of that sort of let's hang on and try and drip every cent out of this, we're going to have to lower prices and move this way, and consume our own stuff, but still remain the market leader. Because that's the thing is, if Spark, everyone thinks of them purely as a as a network, yeah, a mobile network. 
if they suddenly knock it out of the park, like I noticed they now um they now Scotty Stevenson used to be a Sky commentator, he's now Spark commentator. Yeah, like the yeah. idea of hearing like, Spark wow. commentator yeah. is quite a yeah. <laughs> So I mean all power to them. Competition's good. And yeah. this actually might be the nudge. Well, I think we've got, we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up this year, Di. And, um, yeah, there, there will, will be more and more change. Um, and I look forward to catching up again soon. Same. I think we've, we've, uh, Great we've, having we've, a chat. We've burnt through a, 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 an hour of, uh, of shooting the breeze. It's been a lot of fun. So thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward to uh, doing it again when we can, uh, we can slide in some more, <laughs> more time with you. Um, and, and the other thing I, w- I, would, I would like to do, just uh, a little bit of a plug in there, with the New Zealand Business Podcast, there's some great chats with a you know, whole range of people. Um, but I'm kind of keen to hear about the business of comedy. So um, we'll, I, we'll I would be. Some time to have that. Keen to chat about that because I started out when there was not much business in comedy and had to learn it all myself, so love to do that. Great. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Diane. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Catch ya. Bye. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.